a lot of my dearest friends I've actually met through through cycling and it all started just like hey I like bikes you like bikes let's ride our bikes together and then realizing like how much we really have in common outside of just cycling um, and they really have become like my dearest friends on and off the bike because um, we completely got to know each other all of us just from riding and that's how I met my husband so <laughs> Hey, what's up? This is Kat. Welcome to the Joyride. Hey, what's up, Joyriders? This is Kat, and you're listening to episode number 20 of the Joyride podcast, where we celebrate women on bikes. On this episode, I chat with Brittany Graham of the She Rides Her Bike blog. We'll talk about her bike life as a new mom, some of her experiences working in the shop, and why all those gears, and an every ride carry so excellent you'll wonder why you didn't think of it. Or if you had thought of it, you're a friggin' smarty pants and you should let me know by email at thejoyridepodcast at gmail.com or via the comment section in the Instagram post for this show, maybe in the comments for the show notes. Show notes you will be able to find at girleatsbike.com forward slash joyride020. But before we get into that, it is February, February, which I like to accentuate because it helps me know how to spell it. It's February. (laughs) Feb, Feb, all right. And love is in the air. If you're listening to this prior to February 10th, uh, which you might be. Um, and you happen to live in the Portland area, make sure you check out Bike Love Stories. It's an evening of, well, bike love stories, and it benefits the Street Trust, which is formerly known as the BTA. I guess technically the event is called Live the Revolution, but let's face it, I'm just all about the bike love, and why not? I have a good feeling that you are too. So, If you're into that kind of thing, which I have a feeling you are, uh, Live the Revolution is a collection of stories told live by some of uh, your favorite Portland personalities. Uh, This year's storytellers can all be found on the website, um, and I'll have a link up in the show notes. Show notes, again, girleatsbike forward slash joyride 020. Also, if you're listening to this on a mobile device, you can pretty much tap on the album artwork on almost any podcast listener and it'll pop up the show notes so you should be able to see that there too anyway i will be going to this year's live the revolution bike love stories it's the seventh annual Uh, it will be the first year that i am attending i'm super excited about it if you see me please feel free to say hi actually i'd really like you to say hi i'm not going to be wearing the (laughs) the goofy green Portland hat as in the album artwork that you might be used to but I will still have that goofy look on my face so you you'll recognize me I'm I'm the I'm the goofy one yeah and joyriders as you know one of my favorite things about being on the bike is the way you get to engage with your community at just a fundamentally different level you're immersed in it without feeling separated by windows or windshields, although sometimes that those could be nice. Um, but, you know, you go to sower pace, you get to just see and experience more. So in that spirit, um, I actually stumbled across this poem. Um, as you know, I live in Portland. 
as you know, as you might know, there's been a lot of displacement here due to gentrification, and there's this really great vintage store here in St. John's, which has closed and since moved to Kenton, which is also in North Portland. I will find something for that and put a link up in the show notes. But I didn't know that this particular place was closing until I rode by and saw this fantastic poem painted up on uh, the papered up windows of this store. So I took a minute and decided to read it and I wanna share it with you. What you're gonna hear now is me literally standing on the side of North Lombard Street, I guess, here in St. John's. Uh, you're gonna hear neighborhood stuff, including uh, buses. I paused for a bus at one point, but I really wanted to share this with you. I've been super inspired by spoken word stuff lately and I just, want to give you this piece from our neighborhood. It's a, a, a neighborhood that has shifted significantly even in the three years that I've been here. Um, and I just want to take a moment to honor the folks who came before us newbies. Yeah, check it out. 8402 North Lombard Street. I'm from St. John's. I'm from the wrong side of the cut, the place where two powerful rivers meet beneath the majestic bridge that frames St. John's, the same bridge my mother threatens to jump from when I misbehave, the same polluted rivers that tempt me on hot summer days. I am from the working man's end of town where the drums of the Salvation Army band on the corner drown out the western music blaring from beer joints. I am from smoke of the mills of ship horns blowing in the quiet of night to signal a bridge tender, a place where men carry lunch boxes and women wear house dresses. I am from World War II, March of Dimes, Paper Drives, Rations, and Three Roses Whiskey. I am Pug, the skinny girl with freckles and braids named for her twin in the funny papers. I am the first grandchild, backward, awkward, and mismatched, entertained and spoiled by bachelor uncles who smoke camel cigarettes and shoot craps at family gatherings. I am from Saturday matinees with Filipino babies impaled on Japanese bayonets and Sunday drives with Japanese children playing behind barbed wire. I am from double bubble gum, penny licorice, roller skates with keys and handball played off the bricks of James John grade school. I am from skinny legs with skinned knees, barefoot in the dry summer grass, barefoot in the warm summer rain of robins and earthworms in the newly shaded garden, the quiet hum of honeybees in the sun and angry roaring bumblebees in glass coffee jars. I am from the delicate trilliums growing on the dense forest floor on Dixie Mountain. I am from the cold clear water from grandma's witch dwell there. I am from sweet goat's milk I drink to fatten me up and bitter tea made from Oregon grape root to keep me healthy. I am from milk toast and Ovaltine served with cod liver oil and iodine. I am from white bucks, kick pleats, and horseshoe bangs. I am from Western Swing playing on the polished Philco console on Saturday afternoons while supper cooked, playing again on Saturday nights with grown-ups dancing on the faded linoleum floor, songs, and guitar music flowing as fast as alcohol. 
all seen from behind the cracked bedroom door. I am from summers spent in salt water and sand with tide pools of starfish and sea anemone, which close at the touch of my toe. I am looking for agates and swimming in the surf. I'm fishing for shiners from the mooring basin and waiting for the changing tide. I know the changes, low tide, slack tide, high tide. I see rust and corrosion, fog and mist, south and north jetties. I hear diesel engines thumping as they pass the buoys, tossing and clanging in the chop. I see fishermen watching and waiting at the Yakana Bay bar. I hear seagulls squawking, fighting for fish scraps on their return. I am from the canneries on the waterfront that spew their waste into the bay, their smell defining the small fishing town of Newport. I am from shucked crab, clams, and hot cakes for breakfast, thick white slabs of halibut and salmon every day, fried, pickled, creamed, poached, and smoked, gorging, wow. All while the little children in China starve. I am from set up straight. It's snowing down south, slick as snot and hotter than a sheriff's pistol. I am from union, solidarity, and equal rights. An injury to one is an injury to all. I am from fair and square. I am from St. John's. Sharon Helgerson, 79 years old third generation St. John's. James John grade school, 1942 to 1950. Roosevelt High School, 1950 to 1954. ILWU Local 8, 1980 to 1999. Her name is Sharon Helgerson and she is from St. John's. All right, folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that roadside poetry. I think roadside poetry is prevalent everywhere when you are on the bike. You just have to know where to look for it. Sometimes it is quite obviously painted in beautiful print on closed shop windows. Sometimes it's a little more subtle than that and you have to figure it out for yourself. But it's always there. You just have to look. Now, without further ado, let's meet Brittany Graham. Brittany Graham, welcome to the Joyride. Hello, how are you? Hey, I'm so good. Thanks for chatting with me. My pleasure. So where in the world are you? I am in, Cle uh, well, technically Lakewood, Ohio, so I'm just west of Cleveland, like the immediate western suburb of Cleveland. So how is how is winter treating you? And I say that, and I know you've got a new baby, so you've got some, yeah. probably a little bit of juggling that you're doing, but what's the bike life for you right now? Um, well, sadly, I don't ride nearly as much as I would like to. Um, winter really just officially hit, and I say winter in snow. Um, I don't mind cold weather at all. Um, I'm the freak of Cleveland who loves winter. Um, but we just got snow probably within the past week or so. Um, and we've, I've still been able to get out riding and it's been great. Cold, but good. <laughs> got to bundle up. Um, our winters are very cold here, so, but yeah, still riding. And obviously I don't get to take my daughter with me, but 
it's the benefit of having a supporting husband who says, go out on your bike and <laughs> knows that I need that. So. Oh my goodness, what a gift. <laughs> oh, it's great. Every Tuesday, that's my day I get to go and ride and not have to worry about my daughter, who I love, but it's nice to just be able to pass her off and <laughs> do my own thing. So what's that Tuesday ride like for you? Um, so I get up um, before the sun and load up my bike, and I actually head out down, I go south a little bit to an area called Brexville, um, and I ride with my friends there. It's a meeting point um, halfway between our houses. She's in Akron, I'm in Cleveland, and we meet up at, at sunrise with, any time of year. Um, whenever the sunrise comes, that's when we meet, and we go out and ride for about an hour and a half, two hours if we're lucky, and we just ride. <laughs> uh, no plans, we just pick a route and just go for it. So it's nice to just have a consistent, no matter what, I go riding that day. So Yeah, that sounds like a really great rhythm to get into. Um, and not only that, but you're like in the rhythm with the with the sun. So as that changes, you just sort of incrementally adjust, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. Just It's kind of like a standing date. Like we no longer even really have to talk, like discuss it unless one of us has to cancel for some reason, which luckily rarely happens. Um, we just know that when the sun comes, we're riding. So it's so good to have friends that ride like that. Oh, it's really and, nice. And is that, that's like road riding then? So we actually both um, are on cross, like cyclocross bikes. So it's a dirt trail. Um, that we usually take. Sometimes we'll take the paved, like we'll take the road, but um, we usually are off-road. Um, we both like nature too much to strictly be on the road. <laughs> so it's nice seeing, uh, we see deer and we see beavers and birds and it's nice to just kind of be on a trail. Um, so tell me a little bit about the blog, She Rides Her Bike. Uh, tell me when you started writing that and what was the impetus for that? So She Rides Her Bike has kind of had a little bit of an identity crisis. Um, it started, the idea for it started probably about two years ago uh, where I've been in the cycling industry for, oh geez, in and out for probably like 13 years or so. Um, and there's just really not a huge female presence, at least in my area, uh, for cycling. So she rides her bike originally. I wanted to be like a inspiration for other women to get out and ride their bikes. And as it, the idea kind of unfolded in my head, and the more I started thinking about it, uh, I realized that it became more of a personal journal and journey, if you will. Um, and I hadn't really put too much. I really hadn't written much for it, but it was just in my head. And then I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And however it unfolds, it unfolds and just kind of wing it. And then I got pregnant and I got really sick and I couldn't ride my bike much. So she rides her bike, just kind of hung out for a long time. Um, very stagnant <laughs> and which was really kind of a bummer for me because it was something that I was so excited about and then it just kind of put, got put on hold because I felt silly trying to talk about cycling when I wasn't riding at all, um, <laughs> which was a really hard, long nine months. Um, but then uh, my daughter was born and I got back on my bike and I started realizing that she rides her bike was still going to be an inspiration for women to ride. Um, 
along with my own personal journey and kind of just my, um, I guess my way of, I really, as cheesy as it sounds, I just, I really want to be an inspiration to my own daughter to get outside, whether it's hiking or riding her bike or doing whatever, but in the broad scope, living a life that is truly inspired by the bicycle. So from the simplicity to just living a healthy lifestyle and getting mental clarity and being kind to the environment, <laughs> as cheesy and as broad scope as that is. Oh, I think that's that's so great, though. I mean, you know, we we can call it cheesy, but I think it's just idealistic and beautiful and pure. And there's, you know, that's totally okay. Um, and if you think about it from this point of view, it's almost like now you're kind of um, maybe you could reposition it a little bit to think about how you're writing it a little bit for your daughter. Um, and, you know, even from that journal sort of a sort of a place. It's funny, I found out I was having her um, literally about a week before. I had like two full months of she rides her blog, po blog post ideas like ready to go. And I was like, yes, in November, I'm going to knock this out and really going to start. And I found out I was pregnant with her and I was like, it all just halted. <laughs> That's late so, plans. Yeah. Gosh, what a beautiful so, reason to put a push the pause button though. No, she's been awesome and I... I, I don't want to wish any part of her life away. I already can't believe she's as old as she is, but I'm like aching t to put a helmet on that kid's head. And get her <laughs> that was so awesome. We already have her balance bike. Like her first birthday present has been sitting in her house for <laughs> months now and she's five months old. That's really cute. Your Instagram is fantastic. You're a really great photographer. Um, <laughs> I am a that is my day job. I am a photographer. So oh, see, you've got a leg up on everybody. That's what it is. <laughs> um, but it's great. So even if like you know you haven't done as much writing on the on the blog, you definitely have a really fun Instagram that I think folks should go and follow for some inspiration. Um, so I think for a lot of women, I've noticed as of um, you know just been talking with women that. There seems to be this gap usually between adolescence and then picking up cycling again in adulthood. Uh, yeah. You said you've been in the industry for several years. Was that also true for you? Did you have that gap or like uh, how long yes, have you been so, riding? So it's funny because the more I think about it and I really started noticing this when I started kind of reflecting on what I wanted She Rides Her Bike to be, um, really my entire life is, I, I really don't remember any part of my life that isn't heavily influenced by a bike. Um, I'm the youngest of three children and I don't ever remember, I know that I was on training wheels, but I don't ever remember learning how to ride a bike. Um, I just remember trying to ride bikes that were too big for me. Um, so I remember, I was just always on a bike as a kid. I re distinctly remember being on like the back of my mom's bike and like one of those little child seats. Um, and then when I was little, my mom was in nursing school. So my dad being a cyclist, um, to get us out of the house so that she could study, um, we would just go for rides and the rides each every day got a little bit longer, a little bit harder. And it just was a part of our everyday life. Um, and then as I got older, um, we moved to a different community and I remember learning, like navigating the area there for my bike. And then. I think it was the summer between my senior and ju my junior and senior year of high school. Um, I got a job in a bike shop, so I was probably like 16, 17 years old. 
Um, and I worked there for, I want to say six years. Um, I worked there all through college and, um, I guess the only real, I did have like a break as far as like working in the industry. Um, I didn't work in it for about up until about three years ago when my husband opened a bike shop, but I still rode all through that entire time. So I don't really feel to answer your question. I don't really feel like I had much of a break. Um, as far as physically being on a bicycle my whole life, I've just always been riding. I'm not a racer, but I've always been on a bicycle. I'd say my biggest break was being pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good nine month gap there. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is the, is like a thing that people, that women who want to ride, who don't have that like depth of experience of just feeling like you're almost born on it. Um, what's, what's something that you wish that women would know about it, like a tip or something? Well, I feel like, I feel like a lot of women get intimidated one going into bike shops, um, just because it is such a, a male dominated sport in my opinion. Um, and I think just that intimidation to kind of go in and not really knowing what they want. And we always have women coming into the bike shop and they're like, I don't want to race. I don't want to, I'm not looking to like do anything crazy. I just want to ride my bike. And I feel like they kind of belittle themselves a little bit by being like, I'm not quite a cyclist, but I still want to be on a bike instead of just being like, I want to ride my bike. And I'm really excited about that. They, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like they kind of, make it seem like they're not worthy of being on the bike. Um, so I just wish that women would, whether they're doing it for fitness or to start riding to and from the grocery store to take their kids to school or whatever. I just, I wish they would own it a little bit more and be like, yes, I'm going to ride my bike no matter what. <laughs> and it doesn't matter that I'm not racing or it doesn't matter that I don't have the most expensive bike or, or um, that it's a used bike that they're even just bringing into get refurbished. Um, I just wish they would own it a little bit more and be more confident going into it in general. It sounds like there's a, a little bit of like shame, maybe shame's not the right word, but maybe like an illegitimacy. Like I'm not a, I'm not a fast speedy cyclist who's going to have, you know, who's going to invest two grand in a road bike. So therefore, oh, yes, little old me. That's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I feel like even women are like, I just want a cruiser. I just, it's always, I just want to, I just want to, instead of like, I'm going to do this. Mm. Um, you can, however you're writing it, you should just be really excited about it. That's an interesting observation. Like I'm just doing this or like explaining yourself away. Yeah. Before they even get started. So like, I'm going to ride my kids to preschool today. So what do you think? Okay. Um, I think one of the barriers is that there's so many different kinds of bikes, right? And there's so many different components on each one of those bikes that there are, and it's one of my favorite thing, things about it, frankly, is that there's like sort of this unending variation on the kind of speeds and, the, you know, the amount of number of speeds and the kind of shifters and how these brakes, you know, whether they're coaster brakes or whatever. Um, I think that that probably adds to some of that intimidation factor because there, if you don't know, you don't realize that there are literally unending permutations on this machine. Um, 
thinking about that, is there like, is there any way that someone could prepare themselves as they're starting to look around and they say, well, I just want to go to the grocery store or something like how, how can we use that knowledge to like limit that intimidation gap when women go into the shop? Wow. (laughs) I mean, there are going in in general is just so intimidating. So usually if people come in and they, whatever they're looking for, I usually ask like, where are you looking to ride? How do you want to ride? And not necessarily how they want to ride right now, but like in their dream world. Um, Because I feel like, a lot of times we put limitations on ourselves because of um, what we actually have time for versus what our dream world would be. Um, and so I think when you have like all these different, as far as like the techie side of bikes go, um, I guess I'm kind of going on a tangent here. <laughs> yeah, sorry. it's totally cool though. No, it's good. No, but I, I don't like to push people to buy like more than what they need but I do think that gears intimidate people. And I always kind of explain it like you get a bike that has like, you have three gears in the front and eight gears in the back, that's 24 and it's super overwhelming. But I kind of explain it in a way that you have 24 gears to find the couple that you really like. Um, And until when you have like that broad range, um, you aren't gonna, you'll have room to grow with your bike, I guess. I feel like I just explained that really poorly. <laughs> no, I, well, I think that that's, that that's like a great way to educate someone and to let someone know, like when they're looking at it, I'm just, I'm, I'm starting to think about it from like, um, you know, and even as we're like having these conversations and putting out whatever media we put out into the world, like, okay, if that's, if there's an intimidation gap there, um, I really just want people to know that you're not dumb. There are thousands and thousands of ways that this bike could be different from one that someone else is riding. Um, you know, so I don't know. That's just something that I'm thinking about a little bit. Um, it, cause it's one of my favorite things. And I also think it's something that can be super confusing because for me, I didn't realize it that these components were not the same on, on uh, so many different like, bikes, you know, like, we, we frequently have people are like, Oh, well, I'm just getting started. So why would I want to spend $600 versus $400 on a bike? And, um, components is the number one thing that you talk about. I mean, a lot of times between the different models, the frames are exactly the same, but what you're going to upgrade are like going from a seven speed to an eight speed. You are going to get smoother shifting. You're going to have longer durability. Um, you're going to have a bike that if you truly think you're only going to be riding like one or two times a week, just in the summer, you're kind of a weekend casual rider. Um, yeah, like a more entry-level bike is going to be great, but if this is something that you think you're really going to like, just love and take off with, um, investing a little bit more up front and getting components that, one, are going to shift smoother and be more enjoyable to ride um, is going to be better, but also the longevity of it, it's going to hold up so much longer and so much better for you. Um, so I think I like to try to explain that to women as well, just and not in a investment point of view, but just components it's just like anything else you get what you pay for and if it's something you really are going to love doing um you will absolutely notice a difference in just the ride quality um especially over a longer period of time i think a lot of times too um people are just getting back into riding will say like i don't need a lot of gears like i think just three gears would be fine and you know there are um a lot of really great like wonderful three-speed internal geared bikes um 
But just like anything else, I think some people end up realizing that they like riding a lot more than they thought they would. Um, and they tap out at three years really fast. And um, it's intimidating to be like, oh, man, 24 gears on a bike or 27 gears on a bike. That seems like so much or um, even 18, whatever it is. Um, but you really do just have such a broader spectrum to work with to see what your physical capability can push. Because um, if you, you get your cycling legs and you can push really hard, you're going to top out at three speeds really fast. <laughs> and not that you're really going to be flying on, usually a three speed is going to be a cruiser, but even still you can, you find that you want to go push yourself a little bit harder. So you have a cyclocross bike. Um, what kind of bike is it and what do you like about it? Um, so I just got, I just got this bike, um, maybe a month ago. It's a spot rally. Um, and it is my dream bicycle. (laughs) It is such an incredible bike. Um, I love everything from the way it fits to the way it rides to the color. It is just absolutely perfect. Um, I did have to make modifications to it, but it was worth every penny. Um, but it's a, it's a one by, so it's, um, as we were just talking about gears, um, it is just one chain ring in the front and nine in the back and, um, pretty simplistic. And it's the first time I've ever sent, now I'm going to get all gear techie. Um, it's the first time I've ever had SRAM road components. Um, so that's been a learning curve. <laughs> um, it's totally different than all the Shimano I've ever ridden. So, but yeah, no, it's a great bike and. Highly recommend it to anybody. Not that it's better than other bikes, but it really is my dream bike. So, does it have a name? Um, just Red. <laughs> That's a good name. More like a coral, but <laughs> um, it's just it. I didn't really even. I guess I have realized it, but Red has kind of become my signature color without even realizing it. Just if Red is an option, I get Red. <laughs> so. And I didn't notice it until I like was looking at all my stuff and I'm like, wow, I have a red bike. My jacket is red. My shoes are red. My bag is red. (laughs) Everything I own is red. So probably going to need to change that up. But so my bike is just called red. That's fun. And I will say it is the first red bicycle I've ever had. So. So when you go on your Tuesday morning rides, what is like an every ride carry for you? What do you consider essential? Um, (laughs) Gloves at this point. Um, Chapstick. And then I always have a a flat repair kit. Um, The bike I'm riding now is actually tubeless, but up until then, um, I always have, I call it my oh shit kit, and it is a bag that goes on the back of my bike, and I always have tire levers, a spare tube, a multi-tool, um, my friend Colleen start and opened my eyes to the world of carrying handy wipes, <laughs> which I never thought to carry, but now I always have those on because changing a flat or if your chain pops, you always have greasy hands from it. I used to just wipe it on my chamois. So handy wipes, always have those. Um, and then I always have my phone on me one, probably because you, I, who doesn't carry their phone all the time, but, um, I am very much a stop and enjoy the scenery. As I said, like one of the reasons on that ride that we like taking the routes that we do is I love just seeing nature around and whatnot. So I always have my phone on me because I just use my iPhone camera. Um, I love to stop along the way just to take pictures. So 
I would say those are my go-to essentials. Your every ride carry. Yeah. Um, so is it your, your husband has a bike shop? Yeah. So it's obviously a big part of your, of your life and your family. Um, (laughs) Does cycling play any kind of a role in recreation or vacation plans for you? Um, Yeah. So cycling is pretty much everything in our life. Um, We actually met uh, working in a bike shop together. Um, And then uh, now having the bike shop, we don't go on vacation a lot. (laughs) Um, We pretty much live at the bike shop, but our days off, like, um, really do consist of picking a trail and going for a ride. And, um, like I said, since my daughter, she's only five months old right now. Um, we don't get to ride with her yet. So it's usually a trade off, like on our days off, either he goes riding or I go riding or break it up. But, um, my parents have been really great in that they're like, you guys need to go for a bike ride. We'll watch Adeline. (laughs) Um, so they take her so that we can go ride together now. And yeah, just riding bikes to, go out to lunch or riding bikes just to get away from life in general. It really is every vacation, which right now are just a few days here and there, but every break we get is really based around the bike. And if it's not physically being on the bike, it's doing something for the shop. So it is our everyday. Um, So what's the name of the, of your bike shop then? Uh, It's called Beat Cycles. B-E-A-T cycles. Gotcha. I'm going to make sure we link that up. And, um, like the, you've described a lot of trails in that Lakewood area. Like what are some of them that are named? I want to put some links for people who Um, may want to check them out. Yeah. So we have such a great park system here in Cleveland. So like going down into Rocky River Reservation is really great. Um, Brexville Reservation is really wonderful. Um, the one that I ride a lot that we do a lot on Tuesdays is um, it's at by Station Road in Brexville, um, the Cuyahoga National Valley. Um, we have endless trails here. So cool. Um, yeah, it's I didn't I lived in Chicago for like five seconds, and it wasn't until I moved there that I realized that other places didn't have park systems like us. So I'm very spoiled by it. Um, so do you, do you like to ride alone? I, I mean, or cause you go out with a friend of yours. Is, is that typically the motivation so from I, a group or? I would say it's 50, 50. I love riding by myself and that I can just kind of get away. It's a form of my own therapy, if you will, um, where I can just forget about everything. Um, but I also just really love the sense of community and encouragement of riding with other women. Um, I think it also um, holds us accountable because um, even though on the Tuesday rides, like it is just known, like, yes, we get up and ride. Sometimes it, when it's, especially right now, like it's cold and it's dark and it'd be really easy to just be like, eh, I'm just going to stay in bed a little bit longer instead of I'm like, nope, I have the standing date. So it is nice to have somebody hold you accountable that, no matter what you're going. So, but I, I do love riding by myself as much, equally as much. Um, I know you do a bunch of trail riding, but in terms of, in terms of any riding on the road, um, yeah. like, is that something that you do or how do you feel about 
about traffic safety in that area and that kind of thing. So, yeah, no, that's an issue very close, near and dear to my heart. Um, no, I actually love road riding. And up until uh, last year, like, I pretty much lived on my road bike. Um, so much fun. Unfortunately, we have a, a great organization here called Bike Cleveland. That, and in Lakewood, we have a separate chapter called Bike Lakewood um, that are doing a ton to make um, make cycling a little bit more prominent on the roads and bringing in bike lanes and sharrows. Um, unfortunately, we don't have nearly as many options as I would like, um, as many routes. Um, but that was probably probably the number one reason why I did not ride as much as I would like would have liked to when I was pregnant. Um, I was pregnant when I first got pregnant. I was winter and I was really sick, um, so I didn't ride then. But as soon as I got nice out, I really wanted to ride. And I remember asking my doctor, um, "Hey, am I allowed to ride my bike? Like, is that okay?" And she's like, "Oh, absolutely. Cycling is great for when you're pregnant. Just don't fall or get hit by a car." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> We don't like, unfortunately, the drivers around us do not like cyclists very much. And um, it really bummed me out that I did not get on my bike because I wasn't afraid for my own capabilities, but for the traffic around me, I just did not feel safe to be riding like that. So it's definitely something I would like to see. I don't know. I, I would like to see every road have a bike lane on it. And more bikes on the road in general, because I feel like if we have more bikes on the road, then there will be a greater push to make the roads a little bit more safe. Yeah, indeed. And and I think as there are more bikes on the road, people naturally just know more cyclists anyway and are more apt to drive carefully, you know. Completely agree. Yeah. And when you when think it's a situation versus like, oh, there's a cyclist, watch out. It's just cyclists are everywhere, so you should be watching out all the time. Right, yeah. And then if you know that, you know, so and so at the office or you know, my sister likes to ride or something like that. It might be helpful for people. I don't know. I find it. It brings it closer to home. Yeah. When it's somebody that you really, that you care about, that you know rides as a commuter. Totally. Um, there's a book called Our Bodies, Our Bikes. Have you heard of that? I haven't. Um, so strongly encourage you to check it out. I'm going to put a link in the show notes and send you a link for it. Um, it's through Microcosm Publishing, which is um, which is something that Ellie Blue had edited, and it's all about um, women's you know women's health, women's bodies, and you know the intersection of that and cycling. And so I, I think from the you know the the pregnancy point of view and then postnatal point of view, uh, there's definitely some uh, some stories and essays and things in there that you might be interested in. So. We'll okay. link that link yeah. that up um, for sure, for sure. Brittany, if your if your bike had like a superpower, what do you think it would be? Oh, jeez. Yeah, I love this. Like, put you on the spot with weird existential oh, questions. I had superpower. Oh man, is it lame to just say I wish I could be invincible to like all traffic? That I could just get on my bike and I could do whatever I wanted on it. Don't have to worry about any other form of transportation getting in my way. Yeah, why not? So is that a lame superpower? I mean, I don't want to say like, oh, it would fly because that takes the joy of riding away. So 
Yeah, I think it's like whatever. I think it's kind of whatever whatever pops to mind. I think that that's a really, I think that would be a smart one. I think we need to get on the next levels of bike manufacturing technology um, <laughs> with that. Nice force field. Nice force field. So I got another another one for you, which is if you could go for a ride anywhere with anyone, living or dead, where would you go with who and why? Oh, with anyone? Yeah, I love I love doing this on the spot because like you don't have a chance to think about it, like an over and overthink it. Oh, geez, I don't know. Um, who would I go for a bike ride with? Harper Lee. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I don't know if she even liked bikes, but I think I'd like to pick her brain. Go get go get to the bottom of to set a watchman. Like, yes. I, like I need to know what was happening Explain here. This. What happened here, I feel Harper like Lee? That's bad one, though. I mean, that's I need like a week to think about that. Oh, no. Geez. All right, all right. <laughs> well, listen, anybody who's listening. We're not gonna we're not gonna pin Brittany too closely to that one at all because I totally don't pin you to that one. Came out of left field. I'm, we'll have to do a follow up, and I'll give you more time more time to actually think about it. I'm just like looking at like my little collection of favorite books, there, and I'm like, oh, who would I? Some famous person. <laughs> well, I mean, what a great! I think it's a great place to have conversations, right? Um, I like. I like that in terms of the socialness of riding a bike because it's still so individual, but then you can kind of like dip in and out of various conversations. So having one. It's funny that you say that because like a lot of my dearest friends I've actually met through, through cycling and it all started just like, Hey, I like bikes. You like bikes. Let's ride our bikes together. And then realizing like how much we really have in common outside of just cycling. Um, and they really have become like my dearest friends on and off the bike. Um, cause we completely got to know each other, all of us just from riding. And that's how I met my husband. So <laughs> same exact way. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Do you, do you want to tell that story? Oh, geez. <laughs> um, sure. So funny enough. So my husband was my boss. <laughs> um, at the first bike shop I worked at. Um, and we didn't start dating for a couple of years, but uh, we lived not too far away from each other. And we just started riding, like truly just started riding our bikes together because um, we lived in the same neighborhood. And I guess it's not that grand of a story, <laughs> um, aside from the fact that we did keep it a secret for like four years from everyone that we worked with. <laughs> that does um, happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just started, like, we got to know each other from working in the bike shop and then started riding our bikes together, and the rest is history. I think from the bike saddle is a great place to form a lot of relationships, um, for sure. For sure. I think it's a great place to get to know people in terms of um, even kind of what they can what they can deal with and how they handle stress and adversity. Oh, I think that's a good point how people react to situations. I yeah. think that's a great point. I think you can, I think you can learn a lot about someone based on something like that because of just the, all of the intersections that go into it. Yeah, completely agree. Cool. Brittany, it's, it's been really fun to chat with you this morning. 
Um, I am super excited to keep an eye on uh, Adeline. Do you do you nickname her Addie or anything? I know you call her like the Bean or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, on social media, she's the Bean. Um, no, we actually call her Ada. Ada. Cute. Yeah. Cute. Well, um, I, I definitely recommend that anybody who would like some bike pictures and cute baby pictures um, to, to check out your Instagram at She Rides Her Bike for sure. Definitely to check out the blog. Um, Brittany, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. It was great chatting with you. And I love, love, love your podcast. Yay. Again, big thanks for Brittany for hanging out with me. Make sure you check out the She Rides Her Bike blog. If you enjoyed this show, go ahead and uh, leave us a note on the Instagram. Give her a follow. Do what you like. Get connected. Build your community. Even if it's social, you got to start somewhere. On the next episode of the podcast, I'm going to chat with Julie Brooks, who is responsible for uh, the Pedal by Pedal zine, which is really fantastic. Super excited to talk with her about the inspiration for that, that whole process, and some of her favorite kind of writing. Folks, I sure would love if you would leave a review or a rating in iTunes or via, you know, however you consume this podcast. Um, also, any comments, any thoughts, any questions, please send me an email at thejoyridepodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you think of a woman who you feel like might like the show, please send the show to her. That'd be awesome. If you know of a great gal who you think would be a fantastic guest for the show, um, I would love an all-inclusive community. We are a broad and diverse and beautiful community in so many different ways, so many different variations, and I want to showcase that. So uh, if you or a friend, if you think someone would be a good fit for the show, uh, go to bit.ly forward slash joyride guest. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash joyride guest and um, drop me a note. Let me know who you're nominating, who you are, blah blah and we'll like link up all of the digital tools so that we can talk to each other and, and uh, make our words come out across the internet to everybody's ears. So yeah, so definitely do that and um, give me a follow on Instagram, tag me in your Instagram photos, look for more roadside poetry and tag the show when you find it because it is everywhere when you start looking. And of course, say hi. Say hi to each other on the bike. Say hi to me. If you're at the Live the Revolution thing next week and you are not too cool for school, because I know Portland, you're way too cool for school. If you see me and you want to say hi, please do. As always, friends, I appreciate your time and your attention. Remember, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Keep moving forward. And until next time, I hope you enjoy the ride.
super excited on the next episode of the Joyride. We're going to chat with Julie Brooks, who's responsible. Bubba, recording a podcast. <laughs>